It's a blessing to be at youth conference, and uh, I actually just got off the lake. I've been with uh, about 20 of our uh, staff members from Indian Creek. Today's the only day we could uh, get our uh, staff outing in, and so we had a good time with that. And so, man, I'm thinking I'm still at camp. So I was just flying here as quickly as possible uh, to get here for the meeting. And, you know, when I think of our theme, my father's business, I think about this. For everything God has that's real, Satan has a counterfeit to offer. You know, we can look at the counterfeit, the life that Satan offered then and he offers today, and we see death in this, we see jail, we see prison, we see hell. And you know, when we look at Christ, we see life, we see freedom from, freedom from bondage, and we see heaven. You know, the gangsters and the Christian's purpose are polar opposites. However, the commitment is much the same. Their cause was crime and money. Our cause is Christ and ministry. Their initiation to the family was to shed someone's blood in the street. And our initiation to the family of God was for someone, a perfect someone, to shed his blood on a hillside. Their initiation to the family was to commit sin. Our initiation to the family is to repent of our sin. Their commitment was to do what's best for the family. Our commitment is to do what's best for God's family. Hey, they, no matter what the cost, are to obey the orders of the Godfather. We, no matter what the cost, are to obey the commands of God the Father. When they became gangsters, once they were in, they were in. It was extreme loyalty. And guess what? Once you get into the family of God as a Christian, once you're in, you're in. You're eternally secure in the family. And that commitment of extreme loyalty ought to be there as well. You know, I don't know. Maybe this is a, a theme finally that fits me. I don't know. But evidently, if people say stuff, maybe it does. Ryan Kendall met me in the back on Sunday out of the clear blue. blue. I guess he came in and saw this. He goes, Reno, he said, I don't know if I ever told you. He goes, you look like a gangster. I'm like, what? You know, I was with my mother-in-law. My wife's down here. We're driving along, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law. And my mother-in-law, Miriam, she looked at me. She goes, you know what, Reno? I'm so glad you're saved. I said, well, guess what? I'm glad I'm saved too. And she goes, you know why? I said, why? She said, because I, if you weren't saved, I think you would be a gangster or something. I'm like, what's up with that? Is it the name or something? You know, Reno, it sounds like I was one at a casino or, or something like that. I don't know. I've never told this story publicly. I've told it to three or four friends. But uh, I was going to preach in Atlantic City, New Jersey, okay? And uh, just outside, probably seven, eight minutes outside of Atlantic City. So the youth director picked me up at the airport. We went, he took me through Atlantic City on the way to the church. His dad was pastor. He was youth pastor on staff there. So we stop and we stop in front of the Trump Towers uh, and Tr uh, Trump Taj Mahal and all the lights and everything, you know, kind of like Vegas, I guess. I've never been there. Uh, but he tells me the story of this man that he led to the Lord and his name is Augie, okay? And Augie got saved and he was discipling him. He was a Catholic man. Now Augie's in charge of all three Trump Towers in Atlantic City. Matter of fact, he, if a millionaire's coming in, he makes sure the suite for the millionaire is ready. Like if he wants all blue M&Ms, he makes sure his staff gets him all blue M&Ms. Whatever he wants, he gets. And that's Augie's job. So Augie had rain on these three hotels. And he told Mike he, for about two years, he's like, hey, Mike, let me, let, me, let me put some of your speakers up, Mike. Let me, come on, let me put some speakers up. He goes, you don't understand yet. You're growing in the Lord and stuff, but you, you don't understand. We can't really just get our preachers and bring them in the casino or into Trump Tower and whatever. And he goes, come on, man. Let me. And he kept hassling him and harassing him and wanting him to. And he said, we can't do it, Augie. 
Well, they brought me in for a public school revival, and so they just announced, Reno Likens is coming. So Augie comes all excited to uh, Brother Mike, and he says, hey, Brother Mike. He goes, Reno. He said, come on, man, Reno. Reno will stay here. I know he will. And he goes, no, Augie, you don't understand. He goes, I'm telling you, Reno will stay. Anybody with a name like that, he'll stay here. I'm telling you. So while I'm sitting there looking at Trump Towers, he's telling me the story. He said, so I need you to do me a favor. I go, what? He goes, I need you to stay here. He goes, now, if you stay here, you're staying in the suites where the millionaires stay. Now, I've never been to a casino in my life, okay? And uh, it sounds like it, but I haven't. And uh, he said, you'll put, put you in the big suite. He says, you'll have unlimited buffet, seafood buffet, you know, and uh, uh, meat and steak, everything. Hey, it's a dessert unlimited buffet. He said, I'm telling you, man, you'll have the unbelievable sauna. He said to yourself, you'll have a eucalyptus room to yourself. And I'm like, okay, you're twisting my arm. Okay, you know. So I get up there and I'm like, I call my wife. I go, you're not going to believe where I'm at. You're not going to believe where I'm at. And she said, what? I said, man, I'm in Trump Tower overlooking the ocean right now and so forth. And it was just a room, really, you know. And, uh, but, you know, after I smoked my complimentary cigar and cashed in my poker chips uh, at, from the roulette table and blackjack, then I went and preached. I figured if that didn't do, the Pope is here tonight, so the Pope, maybe he can absolve my sins so I can preach tonight as well. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. And uh, the truth of the matter is, I'm glad to see my uh, dear friend, Brother Johnny Pope, and his dear wife, Miss Barbara, and what an honor and privilege to preach here tonight. I've never preached on Monday night. I've never kicked things off. I preached in the middle. I've preached at the end. And so it's an honor just to kick things off, and honestly, I am not going to be long at all. I'm probably, you can put a watch on me, I think I'm going to preach 15 or 20 minutes tonight. You say, why? Number one, I set in concentrated evangelism in Bible college, and Johnny Pope taught me how to teach. I, it was like, oh, okay, grasshopper, grasshopper, your sensei, your, your ninja master is here. You know, and so, man, the one that taught me to preach is sitting in the audience, and so I have to give him, you know, he's a second speaker, I want to make sure he has time. And not only that, I can honestly say this before God, and that's this, that uh, since I've been 19 years of age, my favorite preacher has been Johnny Pope, and it has never changed. And so therefore, I want to get done and get out of the way and sit out there like you want to sit out there to hear Brother Pope preach to us, okay? And so I'm excited about that. I want you to turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1, Philippians chapter 1, and verse number 20. Philippians chapter 1, and verse number 20. There's a very familiar passage of Scripture. Matter of fact, if you don't have, the, if you don't have a life verse, uh, this would make a great life verse. Brother Johnny, I think this is Ron Riley's life verse. I'm pretty sure of that. But uh, here we go. Philippians chapter 1, verse number 20. According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or whether it be by death. And let's pray together. Father, thank you for tonight and thank you for the fact that we can come together and we can take care of your business through your word. And Lord, I pray that you would help tonight, that you would uh, uh, fill me with your spirit. I pray that you would use the word of God to pierce the hearts of young people. Lord, we truly want you to have uh, the, the power of God. Uh, uh, we want you, uh, God, the God of heaven and earth, the God uh, of the universe to come down and, and speak to hearts and move in a special way. And Lord, we pray that you would, uh, if there's one teenager here that's not saved at this conference, Lord, even save them tonight, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. I want to speak to you about one word. However, it's not just a word, it's really one thing. 
And that, that, that one thing, if you submit to the Lord and claim Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me, God will draw this thing out of you and use you in a tremendous way for the cross of Christ. As a matter of fact, if you were the Godfather and you were looking at one of your sons and trying to pick which son would take care of the family afterwards, I would say in a different way, he would be looking for this one thing or that one word as well. That word or that thing is this, it's potential. Potential, young people, is not some non-tangible power just floating around out there in the universe somewhere. It is tangible. It's touchable. It's obtainable. What is potential? Potential is something that is possible that's not yet become reality. For example, Brother Steve mentioned 38 years ago when this youth conference was birth. There wasn't a youth conference, but we knew it was possible, and we worked toward it, and it became a reality. You knew that you were going to come to this. It wasn't possible. It hadn't happened yet, but yet it's a reality, and you're here. What is potential? It is something that is possible that's not yet become reality. Many of you in your elementary and your junior high and your senior high years have showed signs of great possibilities of potential. And God in heaven gave you that. It's God-given potential. And what you need to decide is just to be yielded and let that potential explode in your life. In the matter of potential, the first thing I want us to see is the prescription for potential. The prescription for potential. You know what the prescription for potential is? It's a yieldedness to Christ. Matter of fact, in Philippians 1.20, that Christ shall be magnified in my body. Let me tell you, Christ is not going to be magnified in your body and in your life if you're not yielded to Jesus Christ. If you're yielded, you, you want to magnify him, okay? And then I can do all things through Christ. What is it? It's a yieldedness, okay? Only, only one life, so soon it will pass. Only what's done for Christ will last. Colossians 1.18, that in all things he might have the preeminence. The prescription is yield to Christ. Let me say number two, the pattern for potential. The pattern for potential. In Philippians chapter 3, we see Paul's pattern for success. One of those patterns is in verse 13. And here it is. This one thing I do. This one thing I do. Now he said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching toward those things are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. But the one thing I do, what's that mean? Focus. Focus. You know, your potential can be pulled out, but before it can be pulled out, you need to focus. What should you focus on as a young person right now? Well, you ought to, let me say this, definitely focus on obeying and honoring your parents. Sometimes I have teenagers that come, Brother Reno, I don't even have a driver's license yet. I don't, you know, I'm just a teenager. What can I do? I, I mean, I really do want to please the Lord. You really want to please the Lord? Then Colossians tells us, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Well-pleasing unto the Lord. Hey, your mom and dad gave you a life. You ought to give them a legacy for Jesus Christ. So focus on obeying your parents. Hey, I know it's a bad word right now. You don't want to hear it yet. It's coming up. But what about focus with school, huh? What about instead of being a student, be a diligent student at school? It's coming up. You don't know how important that is, okay? Uh, I hope you do. 
And then what about the youth department and being faithful, being focused on your devotions, being focused on your walk with God. In other words, being focused on relationships, relationship to the Lord, relationship to your mom and dad, relationship to those that have authority all over you and, and try to influence and impact your life. And then focus also on your future, on your dreams. These Bible colleges are here. Everyone in here. I'm not, I can't stand up here and say it's God's will for every single person to go to your Bible college, okay? But I'll tell you this, every single person ought to seriously, seriously, seriously pray and pray and pray and super consider going to a Bible college, whether you're going in ministry or whether you're not. I have uh, five sons. Three, uh, three went uh, into secular work and two went into ministry. And all five of them went to Bible college, one of them at Crown, uh, uh, that's going to be a lawyer. And so you ought to focus on your future dreams. You know, he says, this one thing I do. This one thing I do. And you know what the one thing we all need to be busy doing? Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first. So many, so many times we worry about this thing and that thing and that thing. God says, hey, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And guess what? All these things will be added unto you. Two priorities in life. Seek God first and all these other things will fall in place. So your focus for potential to come out needs to be seeking first the kingdom of God. And then let me say this, the possibilities of your potential. I want you to see the possibilities of your potential. Do you know what the possibilities are? Do you know what the possibilities Hey, I'm talking to you right here on the first night of youth conference. Do you know what your possibilities of the potential that's in your life can be? Hey, they're endless. They're incredible. They can be supernatural. As youth leaders, we are supposed to influence you and encourage you, but sometimes we look at you, many times we look at most of you, and instead you influence us and you encourage us. We see you sing in teen choir. We see you excelling sports or perhaps a play or drama or you play an instrument or you uh, uh, excel in academics or you win a soul to Christ and you're faithful to church and you respect your elders and on and on. And we see that potential, that God-given potential, and we see it develop and we say, wow, and we know what God is doing now and what he can do in the future. Philippians 1.20 challenges us to begin to expect and hope and desire for Christ to use us. Allow Christ to pull your potential out beyond your fondest dreams. The possibilities are great because with God nothing is impossible. So dream about the possibilities and go after them. I think of Dave Delaney. Who's Dave Delaney? Well, he grew up in this church, one of my teenagers, went to camp, surrendered to preach, felt like God was calling to be a youth pastor, and at shortly, not shortly, a while after being a youth pastor, uh, out with Brother Chapel for years, uh, quite a few years, and then here, then he pastored the church, a former pastor before Brother Frost. I remember when he was a teenager, we're sitting over in my office over there, and Dave comes in, and I'm busy at the office, he just pops in on me, it's not like you know, he needed my attention or something. He just popped in and I'm doing things, but I'm talking, I'm chatting, you know. And so I'm sitting there and I'm working on things. And Dave goes, hey, Brother Reno. I go, what, Dave? He goes, you know, one day I'm going to be a youth director. I said, I know that, Dave. I, I know. You surrendered at camp, you're going to be a youth director. So I'm working, trying to get things done, you know. And he said, hey, Brother Reno. He says, you know, not only am I going to be a youth director, but one of these days 
I'm going to have a youth conference. I'm going to start a youth conference. I said, well, that's good, Dave. We need more youth conference. That's great. And so I start working again, and he goes, hey, Brother Reno. I go, what? As like this junior high kid pestering me, you know, but he's senior high at the time. I said, what? He goes, hey, when I get this youth conference, guess what? One day it's going to be bigger than yours. I said, oh, is it? He said, yeah. I said, well, you know, it's the Lord's youth conference. It's up to him, whatever. And he goes, okay, I said, okay Dave. So I'm going along. He goes, hey, Brother Reno. I said, what? He goes, one day if I have a youth conference, which I'm going to, if you're lucky, I might call you and ask you to speak at it. So I kind of stopped right in there for a minute, and I said, you know what, Dave? He said, what? I said, you're lucky if you call me, you'll be lucky if I say yes and come and speak at your youth conference, you know. But you know what I love about that? Was the truth of the matter is, he did become a youth director. Truth of the matter is, he did direct a youth conference. And what I'm saying is, hey, the, 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 it's unbelievable as far as potential. We see that God worked in his heart and his life and uh, we saw in a great way the possibilities of that potential coming out. Then let me say this. I want you to see the power of your, your potential. How much power? According to his power that worketh in us. It's unlimited. It's unlimited. There's scripture to back it up. Jesus said, the things that I do shall ye do, and greater things than these because I go to my Father. In Daniel 11, 32, they, they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. In Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And it's not what the world tells you, you know, I've got the power. No, he's got the power. He's got the power, and that's who we need to talk, tap into, is let the power of the Holy Spirit uh, and use your God-given potential. It's the same power that raised Jesus up from the dead. He can work through us and through Christ. And then let me say this. And this is the final thing, and really, I love it. The preview of your potential. You know, this is great. In Genesis, we see a man called Abram. His name is Abram. Up until Genesis chapter 17, God changed his name to Abraham. Abraham, what does that mean? Father of many nations. Get this, it was years before, okay, before Isaac, Jacob, and the 12 children of Israel. It was years before that he was the father of many nations, Yet God started calling him Abraham by his potential or his potentially given name years before he was truly Abraham. And God doesn't see us for what we are, but God sees us for what we can become through his son. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. We also see Isaac's son, Jacob. His name was Jacob until Genesis chapter 35. Then God uh, named him Israel. What does Israel mean? A prince of nations. Hey, before there was ever kings born into him, God called him by his potentially given name. We look at Gideon. Gideon, he's hiding at the wine press. He's uh, barefoot, mashing grapes with his feet. And God called out to Gideon and said, Hey, Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. But yet it was before he uh, fought the Midianites and became a mighty man of valor. And here it is. God started calling them what they would be before they became what he knew they were. And can I tell you that's great hope for you young people? God just said, hey, if you're a teenage young boy or young man and you surrender to preach, okay, it's, it's not like when I was sitting out there as a teenager, I didn't know it, it was just Reno, but God was really, he already saw brother Reno. And if you surrender to preach, God sees you as brother so-and-so, miss so-and-so. God sees that potential and wants to work in you uh, ahead of time. It's not that he's going to say or one day, okay, it's this. He sees it now. And he says it's now. That's a preview of your potential. All of you all have great, 
God-given potential. I'm going to close with a few potential statements and one example, and that's this. Listen carefully. Scriptural potential is what God gives to us. What we do with it is what we give back to God. Let me say it again. Scriptural potential is what God gives, us, gives to us. And what we do with that potential is what we give back to God. Statement number two. If you accomplish more than your neighbor, but less than your potential, you're a failure. If you accomplish more than your neighbor, but less than your uh, potential, then you've failed. And listen carefully to this. Potential in a teenager often goes undeveloped and unused. And as a result, a horrible thing happens. Nothing. Let me say it again. Potential in a teenager often goes unnoticed, undeveloped, and unused. And as a result, a horrible thing will happen, and that's nothing. And if we're not careful, there's a lot of good kids and a lot of good youth groups, but sometimes we have good kids that are doing nothing. And you need to use, let the Lord use that potential. And I want to say this to you young people, as a teenager, you're, you're not someone who's en route to significance. You're, you're not someone en route to, or en route to significance. No, you're significant now, right now. Let God use that God-given potential. Let Christ take that which is possible in your life and make it a reality and use it for his honor and his glory. I think we have just a little thing I thought I'd throw up here real quick. I was thinking about this. Four hours ago, I was on that cliff, and I jumped off that cliff uh, with the staff. And, you know, here's the thing. That's about a 45-foot cliff right there. And, you know, I was thinking about this. I got up there. I, number one, there's no, no reason a 63-year-old fat boy should be jumping off cliffs, okay, other than it's fun, all right? I still love to do it. And I got up there. And I kind of looked down, I thought, okay, I haven't done this in a while. I looked down like that, and then I said, all right. So I put my foot out here, you know, I kind of got this foot out here, and I said, okay. I'll, I'll, it didn't show that, but I, I just went like that for a minute, the staff's there. I'm like, okay, all i got to do is push off of that muscle on that big toe, you know, like that. And guess what? Once I did that, and you saw me going down, it's not like a cartoon. You can't get halfway down and stop and go, you know, no, no. Once you have jumped off there, guess what you do? You go past the point of no return. Past the point of no return. And you know what you need to do at this youth conference? You know what you need to do tonight when Brother Pope gets up and preach and when Brother Charlie and Brother Treber and everybody comes in? Hey, there's some of you that have not gone past the point of no return in your life yet. And it's the greatest day, it's one of the greatest days of your life that when you sell out to Christ, okay, greatest day, when you got saved, but right behind that's when you sell out to Jesus Christ and you finally say, hey, I am yielding to Christ. I'm going to give him my life. I'm going to, I'm going to go past the point of no return. I'm going to let him reach down from heaven and take everything about my life and reach in. You know, God, search me, oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. You gave me my heart, my mind. You gave me everything, God. You gave me my talents, my gifts, that potential's there. I yield it to you and I'm going to go past the point of no return and I'm, I'm jumping in. And by the way, jump on in the water is fine when you're yielded to Jesus Christ and go past the point and no return no turning back man I did that in a service just like this at camp you say well what was the fruit of that or what, help me see that help me help me see that a little bit as soon as I got home I was racing motocross I listed all five motorcycles quit racing why because it was on Sunday it was on the Lord's Day I've been racing for seven years 
I knew. Why? I went past the point over. It's done. Listed them all. Sold them. What's the next thing you did? Took the money. Called Hiles Anderson College. Said, hey, I need to come to Bible college. And I was late on calling or whatever, but they let me in somehow. And boy, all of a sudden, I'm on the phone doing that. And all of a sudden, you know, there's certain friends I'm not running with till I'm going to Bible college now when I come back home from camp. That point of no return. When you truly do yield to Jesus Christ, things change. Things change. It's not just I said it at the altar. When you leave the altar and go home, things begin to change because you truly went past the point of no return for Jesus Christ. Do that with your potential and let him reach down and grab it and just pull it out and use it for his honor and glory. And I promise you, you'll have a much better life than you ever would have using your life and your potential for yourself. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer.